This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit simplemobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM require. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. This episode of The Sit-Down is powered by Thrive Fantasy. The leaves are rustling, the temperatures are lowering, and football is here. I love gambling. I love fantasy. And I know a lot of you do, too. Here at The Sit-Down, we feel uh, that our subject matter and gambling go hand in hand. There's a new app out there, though, that can get you involved in not only fantasy, but gambling, too. Let me introduce you to Thrive Fantasy, the newest in prop-style gambling fantasy. Right now, by going to thrivefantasy.com or downloading the app wherever you get your apps, you can join for real cash prizes uh, in multiple different sports, whether it's football, the NBA, when that's in season, soccer, or even cricket. You can get involved now by picking fantasy-style props each week, and whoever gets the most right wins the cash prizes. They have entry fees from $5 all the way up to $10,000. Be like me. Go to Thrive Fantasy and get in the game today. Week one, they had $100,000 in prizes. And as I said, they have weekly prizes every single week. You got Monday night games. You got Thursday night games. You got Saturday games. You got Sunday games. All sorts of great contests. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars are official sponsors of Thrive Fantasy. The LA Chargers are official sponsors of Thrive Fantasy. And so is the sit-down podcast. So be like me. And go get involved right now with Thrive Fantasy. Get the app wherever you get your app. Welcome to The Sit Down, a mafia history podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Nadu. What's up, everybody, and welcome into another edition of The Sit-Down, a Mafia History Podcast. Hope you're all having a great night wherever you are. And I got to first, right out of the gate, just say thank you for listening to the show, and especially after last week's episode. Uh, we got a great response uh, from our Sammy Gravano show that we did. Um, obviously, Sammy is a hot-button topic. He's still around, still doing his thing, and we felt it important to tell his story and that we did it. Um, whether you wanted us to or not, we did it. And it was a great show. It was very well received. So if you haven't heard that, go check it out. Um, today, it's going to be a little less serious, a little bit more lighthearted. And I'm so excited for this show because, you know, one of the greatest works of art in the history of our country is, uh, from an entertainment perspective, The Sopranos. And obviously, many of you know, uh, the film is coming out in just a few days, October 1st, The Many States of Newark. And I thought it was important that we do kind of a, a, a run back and kind of get our get our minds racing about the show again. I know we've all seen it about 60,000 times, but um, this is kind of our soprano show. We're going to talk a little bit about kind of some of the real characters behind the show. And that's the thing about the show. I don't know if there's any character that's about one that was kind of built off one particular person. That's what's great about the show. It was mostly made up, but it had parts of realness to it. Um, 
We're not going to have Blackjack on today. And I talked to Blackjack and he was perfectly fine with not coming on. He'll be back next week. I'm excited to welcome in our guest this week. We have a great guest. She's a super fan and probably someone that knows either more about the show than I do or, you know, right the same amount. I consider myself an expert on the Sopranos. If you ask me about my knowledge, I would say it's a hundred. I know there are people that just like the show and they don't love it, but I love it. Uh, It's what got me into all this mob stuff many years ago. Uh, It's the great Stephanie Rosendorf Diaz. She's a super fan. And she was actually just on talking Sopranos with Shrippa and Imperioli. It was great. Uh, You did a great job, uh, Steph. Uh, How are you? The Sopranos Blueprint is a great blog. How are you today? I'm I'm doing well. And um, thank you for inviting me on. It's a great opportunity. Would you, I'll just ask you right out of the gate. I mean, I'll kind of ask you a two-part question. How great is it to actually kind of return to the Sopranos ethos? Because it's really just over the last, what, you know, 10 plus years, it's really just about reliving a show we've all seen. You know, we talk about the theories, but now we're actually talking about a film. Like, like there's newsworthy news. Like, it's not just, you know, we're reliving old stuff. We're going to get new Sopranos content. Well, what's crazy, actually, and, and some people don't even, you know, believe me when I first tell them, but I actually did not watch The Sopranos when it was on the first time around. I actually only watched uh, for the first time in March of 2020, which no I know. No way. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Wow. So it, yeah. I, you know, I only really like talked to a few people about that. Not that I necessarily hid it from anyone, but it was just, you know, it didn't really ever, ever come up. And so it was kind of talking Sopranos was when like, you know, everyone kind of officially found out, of course, because they've. Um, asked me on the show but I mean when you mentioned 60,000 times earlier maybe not 60,000 times but probably a little bit less than that is the number of times that that I've watched so um, So you're saying in the last let's say you know 16 months you've become completely entrenched in the Sopranos world a hundred percent I think in a weird way it was like it's been like a form of escapism for me on in a way almost like I I, because when I first started watching, it was right around kind of when COVID first exploded in the U.S. And so it was at home a lot more. And I just kind of randomly stumbled upon it. Um, and then I literally like have <laughs> watched it every single day since. Um, and so I think it's just it's it's been a really great way for me to kind of channel my my energies and my kind of process a lot of complicated feelings that I think are. Uh, displayed on the Sopranos that I think we all sort of go through, but maybe even more so in this particular time period. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I, I kind of have a different, um, you know, I, I've talked about this before. People all the time ask us on the show, like, how'd you get into the the mob ethos? And we obviously do, you know, kind of the, the actual mob. We talk about the actual mob every week, but I remember when I was 10 years old and I remember the exact episode it was, it was uh, the episode. It was very early in the show. Was when college. No, no, it was a little before that. It was when Bren Falone and Chris steal the the calmly trucking, the the trucks and stuff. Oh, I remember, gotcha. I remember sitting outside my my parents' bedroom. They were they were huge fans. They watched every week. And I remember they wouldn't let me watch. I was only 10 years old. I mean, my parents are pretty, you know, they, they kind of let us watch what we wanted, but that was something that was on later. I was usually in bed, but I remember I would sneak out and I would sit there and I would watch the show. And I I remember my senior year of high school was 2007, the, the year that the show ended. And I remember I loved the show so much, but senior week was the same week as the finale. It came out in June. And oh, I remember no. <laughs> I remember at the time, 
I obviously wasn't going to cancel senior week, but I made my mother and father tape the show on VHS and bring it down to the shore house to pick me up. And I, cause we had a house at the time we were at that house. And I remember I sat there and watched the show. I, I, I made them tape it. I made them bring it to me because we didn't, it wasn't the same as, as now where you can get all this stuff online. It was a little different back then, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy how people get into it and just become in, in, entrenched in the show. It's, it's just great. What are your overall thoughts of the film? Because, you know, I remember when I heard about it coming out and we kind of got a plot line and that sort of thing. We talked about it on the show. And I think one of the things that I said was I felt that it was a little bittersweet to me because I think one of the great things about the show and, and I kind of equated it as well to The Wire because I think there are two shows that are just above mm-hmm. everything else. And I know the creator of The Wire, David Simons, talked about they, they've asked him if he'd ever revisit The Wire World. And he says, no, that the show is perfect the way it is. And, and when you mess with something, sometimes it waters it down. And I felt like The Sopranos was one of those shows. But then I found out well, David Chase is involved and um, you know, Tony's son is playing him. And I just got all excited again. What are your just thoughts of the movie? I mean, are you were you into the, the episodes when he was like younger? Did you like those episodes? Um, yeah, so it, it, it's interesting you ask because I, I kind of initially had the same thoughts like, oh, maybe something, you know, it ended so perfectly how it how it was. And, you know, when you kind of touch it again, it kind of, can, you know, you don't want to, to leave with that legacy. But then I felt better once I realized that it was that David Chase was involved with it. Um, you know, I think there were a lot of things that I was looking forward to or hoping that I'd see. And of course, I haven't seen it yet I'll, I'll see it on October 1st but you know over the course of the past year reading more uh, articles and interviews about it and kind of learning that it was more centered on Dickie uh, I remember when I first uh, knew that it was going to be coming out this year I kind of wrote down like a list of things that I was hoping to see um, one of which was more of a kind of young Livia and and, yeah. and her relationship with with Johnny as well as some of the others that we had heard that were involved with them back then like uh even Richie and Janice uh Ralph Cifredo and Eugene Pontecorvo and, and a few others that that they had mentioned that had grown up with Tony or went to high school with him I even specifically like the stick up of Feech Lamana's card game yes. I was like oh I really really that would be like something really cool to see because you know it's mentioned so many times and it's like a you know especially Feech I mean Feech is hilarious so just seeing seeing like a younger version of Feech. Oh really I actually so I I I talk about the Sopranos pretty freely on Twitter and I've actually made a a worst like low-level character list multiple times I hated Feech Lamana I I hated him as a character so I but I would be fascinated to see him as a younger person because they did talk about how he was like a legend right so but mm-hmm. there were a lot of those references, like, and if you're obsessive over, I think the show, like we are, like, there's a lot of random references. Like, remember Richie talks about Rocco DeMeo? Like, oh, yeah. Like that guy. And like, Tony also makes a comment about when Christopher's whining about picking up the check at, at the steakhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, do you, you know how many dinners I picked up for fat fucking Jerry Anastasia? And like, these like random characters that were probably part of his father's crew or you know, just part of that mm-hmm. crew that I, I just kind of want to get to know. And, you know, I did always find Johnny Soprano to be kind of interesting. Not that he'll be big into this film, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how all this kind of figured its way out. Yeah. Well, and I think really like the kind of the father son dynamic, because, you know, learning more and more about what the movie was going to be about and kind of how Dickie stepped in as this, this father figure. It's just, 
you could tell there's so much like underlying resentment and, and baggage and skeletons and just, you know, things that have, that are still unresolved and almost like unfinished business from, from their past. And, and that's kind of why also I never believed that it was detective Barry Haydu who killed, killed Dickie, right. but I guess we can get into that later, but I guess I just, I felt like there's so much left unsaid and, and so much underlying the resentment and just kind of yucky feelings but between uh tony and christopher and i and part of me feels like it was because tony felt like dicky you know didn't act there wasn't there for him like he uh would have needed so and uh, just, just uh, soprano and Santi stuff always particularly interests me yeah no i think you're totally right and and i think you know the the racial aspect of this is interesting as well because you know obviously i think if you know anything about the Newark riots and the things that went on. I mean, Newark has a, a very interesting uh, criminal history. I mean, even with the mafia, and if you know anything about, um, you know, the DeCalvacanti crime family, the, sh- the, the the family that they believe some of the show is based on, I mean, they were, they were kind of created in Newark and in Elizabeth. And, you know, there was obviously in the black underworld, there were a lot of, you know, whether it was drug traffickers, uh, you know, Frank Lucas, a guy that they made a film about American gangster. He was, uh, someone that did business in Newark. He was from that area. So there's a lot of undercurrent in the black community and obviously in the Italian community. And there's always been, I think, a resentment between each other. But um, and we also saw that as well in The Sopranos. Remember that some of the episodes with that um, the preacher that Tony does business. Oh, with? yeah. Yeah. Reverend Herman James. Yeah. So like his father, remember that he like has co- like a Coke with him in his like living room and they oh, yeah. Of, and he tries to like kind of like start kind of like showing that he's over business. And then he, he his dad quickly shut that down and was like, yeah. oh, I don't know what you're here for, but like, that's not my thing. Yeah, but I, I, he kind of alluded to that, like he that, like they had kind of issues with the Italians back in the day. And like, it would be interesting to hear like maybe some of that. Story. And it seems like this Harold character we're going to we're going to hear from who obviously has an issue with with um with. with with Dickie Moltisanti, but some of the characters, I mean, we're going to learn who, uh, you know, how kind of uh, Tony met big pussy and mm-hmm. Silvio and obviously Pauly. Um, but there's an interesting character as well that I want to hear more about that Joey Diaz is playing an individual called Lino Bompensero. And from what I know about Lino, uh, he's actually big pussy's father. So I didn't know big pussy's father was uh, connected either. So um, it's really interesting yeah there seems to be all sorts of new characters but um I, I guess one thing i will say and 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 there is someone that i've heard from recently that has seen the film and they actually had to sign an nda and that kind of thing all they said was if you like the show you're going to absolutely love the film so and i didn't think i wouldn't so uh, I'm excited about it. And by the way, there is a fat Jerry Anastasia character. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, nice. He's only been referenced once in this uh, film, um, but are in this show. But uh, yeah, he will be in the film. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but let's kind of talk about kind of what we love most the show. And, and this is not I know it's a Sopranos film, but it's going to be a little different than what we're used mm-hmm. to. We're used to obviously and I'll be interested, uh, Steph, in seeing where this film ends, because if it ends where Tony's still in high school or, you know, wherever, I would love to see another film down the road, maybe from then until the show. Cause like, there's a lot that, you know, Tony's kind of, and we'll have to ultimately see what, what we find out, but I wonder if there'll be another film or something else. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I think it was um, it was it was cool because I I know I saw I read an article that uh, that David Chase had already been talking about uh, you know another film. I, I'm kind of I'm pretty superstitious, and that way I'm always like, oh, let's not put the cart before the horse. Even yeah. though, not that I doubt that something that David Chase creates wouldn't be amazing, but um, I thought it was interesting that he noted that oh, it's this is a, like a gangster movie, and so I I I guess in a way maybe he's just trying to prepare us for it not being like 10 different layers of things going on at the same time. But, but then maybe, maybe it is. Um, I've heard mostly great things from, from people that love the Sopranos. I'm, I'm always just so skeptical. Like I, I think that's just my nature. I set like, I assume that something's not going to go well. And if it does, it's like, Oh, that's really cool. But um, you know, I just from reading about it and, and hearing what other people have had to say, it, it, it sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I will say, I think, you know, I think you make a good point about just it being a gangster film. I think we're so starved for that because, you know, let's just be honest. I mean, there hasn't been a really great gangster film for a while. I mean, look, I like The Irishman, you know, whether you did or not. I mean, th- that was the last one we've had. We've had these like goofy, like Capone films and you know they had a Lansky film that came out. But we've kind of been starved because we're missing out on, you know, you know, De Niro, Pesci and Pacino are obviously getting older and it'll be nice to have another gangster film around, but, you know, I want to ask you kind of, let's take it from the final episode of the show. When, when the screen goes black, I'll just ask you quickly, when you watch the show for the first time, did you immediately think that your internet went out or something? I did. Um, it was, I actually, I watched it with my husband for the first time and he had seen it before, but he didn't, he didn't ruin it for me, luckily, because I literally had no idea what was coming. I hadn't, you know, I didn't want to spoil anything for myself. So I just went in completely, completely blind. Um, but then I, yeah, I, I almost, I was just like, what, like this can't be. Um, what a, and, and that's, <laughs> that's, I think everyone's, I, I still remember what, when I saw it, I, I, I remember I screamed. I said, mom, what's up with the TV? And then the credit played and then the taping ended. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's how they ended it. But I'll ask you, and I want to play a little game here. I want to kind of talk about what does the Soprano family look like in 2021? Or let's say after the show. So I'll ask you first, what do you, Stephanie, think happened to Tony Soprano? I think that Tony Soprano uh, was shot and, and died okay. at the cut to black. Because I've been pretty vocal is that I think that's absolutely ridiculous to think. I, I, I think I, I just don't know how it would make sense at all. But I, I guess you could say, well, uh, I, I guess I'll ask you, like, why do you think that? Because I, I guess I'll ask, like, who would have killed him? Because he had made peace with the New York family and who was left. I don't well, think anyone in his own family would have did it. Well, if you want to hear my, if, if you go really on to the, the court theory, I think that someone in his family, uh, Polly Walnuts, I, not, I don't think Polly did the hit or even that he thought of it, but I think that he knew it was going to happen and was okay with it because he was going to just go into business with, with, uh, with the, the New York family. Like how when Butchie said, will decapitate the head and you know, do business with the rest. Like, yeah. I think that that that's what ended up happening oh, with. And obviously, but that's like, <laughs> uh, real quick, obviously, Paulie had made it clear throughout, you know, with the weight comment and, and some of the, the behind the scenes stuff. He was obviously someone that 
I think always was enthralled by New York and maybe felt like, how does this younger guy get everything over me? And I feel like I should be more respected. And there were some certain points where I don't think he felt respected enough. So I guess that's plausible. I think maybe him and Patsy Parisi set it up. Um, But I feel like if Patsy, I don't know why Patsy would do it just because his daughter was about, or his son was about to marry Tony's daughter. And I feel like that would have set him up well, uh, as far as being part of the family. So obviously what Bobby became by marrying Janice. Um, but I guess I'll just, I guess my always thought with the mafia is I feel like everyone plays by the rules and, and I feel like David Chase wanted to make this authentic. And I just don't feel like killing a boss of a family in a well-lit restaurant with people everywhere in front of their family uh, would have been the way that, and I, I'll tell you this Steph, if that was true, I think that would have severely hurt the show's view in my eyes if that happened i mean that if that would have been seen on camera i would have severely downplayed the show i I would think it would have hurt the show a lot i mean that yeah i think what what and and of course you know knowing that we'll never actually know i think it's more or, or less about kind of the you know guy getting shot in the head at the table with his family and like the gore and the violence to me i think it's more of like symbolic that like things are cutting to black, like just like how kind of, you know, when, when we do die, um, you know, obviously not, not always, but if someone does get shot, for example, and and does die, they don't really get to think about how they die. Like it's more, it kind of makes me think of the whole, we don't, we probably don't even hear when it happens. Um, which is like, you know, essentially them, you know, getting shot or, or getting killed. And so I think that that really, is connected with the the series finale and kind of the cut to black so but it's less of really about tony soprano's specific death and more just about almost the audience experiencing that sudden that sudden cut to black um and i think that you know i guess it's kind of maybe a little bit uh a a little bit uh, a little bit too, too, too deep but uh i i think it's you know, to me, the reason that I watch The Sopranos over and over again, I think the reason that I continue to, to watch it's it's almost like we're we're trying to figure out some sort of puzzle. And like the more we watch, the more little I don't know about you, but every single time I watch an episode or, or do like a full rewatch, I'll always pick up something new. Yeah, find something new. Yeah. Episode. And so to me, it's almost like doing this rewatch is, is you know, this this journey of learning more about yourself by through learning about them and kind of through experiencing things with them but that kind of the cuts of black at the end is is more just about how you know everything comes to an end which kind of we hear that theme so much throughout you know throughout the series uh but i guess i'm getting very into like the deep philosophical so yeah um, well you know it's funny because at the table when they're sitting there aj makes a comment about you know, think of the good times and and all that kind of thing. And that he talks about when Tony said that to him one time. And I go back to, I want to say, and I I forget offhand what season it was in. I've I've tried to find it. And it was, it was a really small quote, but there's a scene where Tony's talking to Melfi and he makes a comment that when his kids are grown and okay, he doesn't care what happens to him. Like if he gets thrown in jail, that's that he's okay with it. And he makes a comment at the table between the AJ comment. And then he mentions about Carlo, who's going to testify. Uh-huh. I think it's a conceivable to th- think that New York had believed and they've gotten to the point where Tony was going to be severely hamstrung. Sylvia was in a coma. 
Paulie Walnuts was just kind of a yes man that kind of went with the family and did what he was told. Um, Bobby was dead. Um, pr- pretty much everyone around Tony had crumbled. Tony's probably going to go away anyway. Um, and right. I think Tony probably left the restaurant. He had believed, you know what? My son's finally okay now. He's gotten through his uh, demons. Meadow, she's met a man and she's going to get married and your Camelo will be okay. And, and, and I think it's conceivable to think that Tony probably just went to prison and we would have to imagine that Carlo Gervaisi would have put him in pretty deep. I mean, he would have probably been the, the pussy type of informant that uh, Sal Bombancero was, but I don't know. We'll never know. There, there have been some odd theories I've heard. Like I read in the Rolling Stones article about the film, the new movie that they had, I actually floated an idea that Carmela Soprano would take the family over. Have you, did you hear about that? So I, I, I read something about how she had filmed a scene or she had been in a scene that ended up getting cut, which I yeah. kind of thought that sucked. Cause I'm like, if you're going to have Edie Falco come and you know, do all this stuff, you're going to think that her out. But anyway, I guess that was a, um, a, a side note, but, um, I, I have, um, actually myself a cup sort of semi theory uh, with regard to Carmela and, and the, the series finale. But, uh, but no, I didn't hear about her the thing about her taking over the family. That would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously um, that has never happened in the American mob ever. There's never been an individual uh, as far as a female takeover or even be a part of the family. Now in Italy, it's a different story. There are women bosses, there are real women bosses and they've been, talked about as, as good leaders, but um, I thought it was ridiculous. I, I think David Chase made a point that I don't think he even considered it. So um, it, it's kind of crazy to think about, but I do have a interesting theory. You know, who I believe takes the family over. And I mean this like, think, no, uh, Anthony Soprano jr. Really? Yeah. I believe AJ uh, was because again, if, it's not that because when you look at someone like Carmine Jr., right? Little Carmine. Mm-hmm. Did he look like a boss? He was smart, by the way, just for what it's worth. No, I he think was he smart. smart thing. But I think but- it also would allude to the fact that this is the state of the mob. And that's truly the truth. The mob now is a is kind of pathetic in a way. They're they're not as respected as they once were. Um, I don't think it's that hard to believe. I mean, AJ had. I know people hated him as a character. I didn't hate him. I thought he was every kid in America. I think that's how kids are. Um, They think their parents are stupid and they do everything their parents. uh, They don't do anything their parents tell them and and do everything they don't tell them to do. So there were parts of the show, though, where AJ showed that I think he had the capability. And again, just because you're not an enforcer or beat people up, that doesn't mean you can't be in the mob. Um, if you notice, AJ was starting to get into the porn business. He was probably doing stuff with Inga that um, probably wasn't all up and up. It was a back, a mafia backed film company. Let's just be honest. He was probably starting to hang around eventually with Carmine, uh, uh, little Carmine. I don't think it's that hard to believe, uh, especially because he was the father. And we've seen in history, even if the show is truthful, We've saw people that weren't capable of taking over. John Gotti's son took over the family after he went to jail. He wasn't capable, but he did it anyway. I don't think it's that hard to believe. And remember when uh, Anthony Jr. went after uh, Corrado in the nursing home? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty, I mean, he was literally going to go kill him. It didn't work, but it showed he had some balls. Right. Although I, I do think for him, it was more like, 
well, I guess you could argue that this is a reason that a lot of them did certain things, but more of like, he felt like he kind of had to like, had to prove something. Like, I'm just thinking of the girl when he was like the girls that he was, went out with at the club yeah. that when they went back to um, their friend's apartment and, and she was like, Oh, well, you're going to do something, aren't you? And I almost think that it was more like him feeling like he, I don't know, had to play a certain part. I don't think that he actually wanted to start junior or, or had it in him. I think that's why he, you know, kind of just like stopped uh, and froze out of nowhere. Not that he was, you know, scared of junior, but just, you know, the whole idea. Even, even after the fact, like he, even when he was in the parking lot, he like stood up to Tony. He's like, you're just going to let him fucking get away with it. And like, he, I thought he showed some balls at that point. And look, if you're going to call AJ soft, which he was, no one's going to say he wasn't. But I mean, Tony suffered from panic attacks. Tony was had weak parts as well. Tony was a sociopath, obviously, and he was obviously, but he was he was someone that had emotional issues. He wasn't his son, but I don't think it's that hard to believe. I, I'm look is AJ a, an enforcer? No, but I don't think it'd be out of the question to think that he could order something to happen, especially after his father dies the way he did. I mean, he would have got hard after that. Oh yeah, for for sure. And, 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 and to be clear, I don't, I don't even, I don't think that, um, you know, whether it's, you know, AJ be feeling, you know, sad or, or, or Tony, you know, having emotional issues, like that's just, you know, they're just human. So just, you know, and just like how, how everyone, um, we all as humans kind of have different, um, different emotions and different sides to us, but it, you know, it's not something where we would want like one particular thing to, to define us. So, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there'd no, be no way for me to say oh no AJ wouldn't be capable of of, of doing a certain thing because you know I might think that but you know I wouldn't there's really no way me for me to know most people hated him as a character did you hate him like a lot of so people? I didn't I mean hate I feel like is a is a very strong like give me a character you hated and like did you did you not dislike him as much as that character so I'd say he was probably one of my least favorite characters, but it wasn't, I did, I liked him in, in season one and season uh, six yeah, B better. Yeah. Um, and, and, but at the same time, you know, he was just a kid. I'm sure he was just acting as they directed him to act. So it's not like, I don't think he was, I think he was just kind of, you know, doing what he was being told to do, but I guess I really didn't like when I felt like he was being really rude to, to, Carmela particularly in season five when she and Tony were separated I just felt like he was you know just being very mean to her and and with that said like I also wasn't an asshole to my parents at times when I was a teenager so you know it's not like I'm I don't know I just it it kind of that bothered me a little bit when I felt like he was just kind of like purposely going out of his way to be to be mean but you know it's also he was a teenager yeah, I think he was just like, like I said, I think he was every kid in America. And like anyone that said, well, I hated him. Well, I, you were probably just as big as an asshole as he was when he was a kid. But I thought he did a great job acting. I thought he was great. But um, you mentioned Meadow. I don't think it's out of the question. I think that she obviously becomes a lawyer. Um, she made many comments about she felt like out- Italians were persecuted. And, you know, she mentioned the poverty of the Mezzogiorno and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And you know, she'd always stick up for her family when like, remember when Jackie dies and, uh-huh. and, and like some loyalty, she's like some, some yeah, loyalty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You actually sounded like her just there right now. Um, 
Uh, really? Yeah. That's so, that I take that as a compliment. I love Jamie Lynn Siegler. Yeah. She's awesome. So she does a great, she did a great job, but I don't think it's out of the question. I think she becomes like a, a mob lawyer. I, I don't, you know, and she's kind of like in on things. Like I'm not saying she's Tom Hagen or something from the Godfather, but like, you know, she obviously was close with her family and she obviously would have saw what happened as well. And, um, you know, she was connected, I'm sure, with Patrick Parisi. So, yeah, I don't think it would be out of the question to think that she becomes like some sort of mob lawyer and, you know, she kind of handles things. This episode is brought to you by Samsung. Unfold the all-new Galaxy Z Fold 4 and expand your world. With Flex Mode, it stands on its own, so you're hands-free to get more done during calls. And with multi-window view, you can use up to three apps at the same time. Plus, the edge-to-edge screen allows you to fully immerse yourself in your favorite games and shows. Visit Samsung.com to learn more about Galaxy Z Fold 4. Oh, yeah, I could totally I could totally see that. I mean, even even you hear, you know, Patrick talking about how they're trying to snagger at the firm and everything. Like, yeah. You can just kind of see it, it totally lining up. But what's interesting really about, about Meta, or one of the things that's interesting um, in the beginning, you know, like that college episode when they go on their little college tour and then, you know, she asks her, are, are you in the mafia? And mm-hmm. she's kind of, you know, very skeptical and, and, uh, and kind of suspicious of, of Tony and kind of very, you know, of course, like anti-mafia. But then, you know, by the final, by the series finale where they then have dinner again, it's like come full circle. And that's when she's, you know, telling him that she decided to go into law from the, the oppression and uh, against, you know, Italian Americans and so it's just interesting kind of how she makes that that transition. Um, but again, that's, you know, she loyalty was very important to her. But she um, actually makes the point that she remember, she says all the times the FBI dragged you out of the house. Uh-huh. Like she actually like alludes to the, like she was sick of seeing that. And again, throughout the show, she talked about the persecution of Italians by the FBI. And even Tony did. I remember uh, when that Grosso guy like drops the. Oh yeah. He's the, Grosso. The, yeah. Yeah. He's like, why do you think they sent him the stupid jerk? Uh, Cause he has an Italian last name and they, they went into like what it meant to be Italian. And, and that's ultimately why I believe that not only was Meadows somewhat involved after the fact, but I don't think it's out of the question to say AJ was as well. I mean, again, a lot of mobsters that become high level, that have sons, it's not out of the question to think that they go into it as well. And in Italy, frankly, it's actually, they're the only person that can become boss. So if you have a son, he will be the boss, no matter if he wants to or not, or if he's capable or not, he becomes boss. So I don't think it's that hard to believe. Um, Let me ask you, who did you feel like, so let's, let's say you're correct. And Tony did die. Who's running the family now? Who do you think was capable of that? So, you know, I, I think, and that's one of the things that, that makes me also think that kind of the whole, you know, Tony either died or, or he went to jail. Yeah, he um, was out of the picture. Let's just say. Yeah, it was just like how he said 80% of the time it ends up, you end up, uh, you know, in the can or on the bombing table at Cazarelli's. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would have to say if anyone probably perhaps Patsy, because I think in this case, Polly would have gone over to New York. Um, and I don't think that, uh, you know, of course, obviously Sylvia was in, it was in a coma. Christopher was dead. Bobby was dead. Um, I always found Patsy to be kind of a um, more of just like 
a tough guy. I never thought of him as like a leader. I guess I could see it. You know, it's interesting that you say Patsy because the modern day New Jersey crime fantasy, the Decalvacantes, which again, the Sopranos is loosely based off. The Sopranos is not based on any one group or person. So Tony is really interestingly enough, a mixture of a couple different real characters. There are, there are gangsters from the 60s that he's based off. And then there's a gangster from the 90s, Vinny Ocean Palermo, that he's based off of. So they all have something. But it's interesting because the family in present day actually had a similar fate to the Soprano family, where they're now just kind of a, a couple of people. That's really all they are now. And that's kind of what happened to, to Patsy. Can I throw a name at you? What do you think about this guy as, as a leader? Because I always found him to be quite a leader, and I felt like Tony was grooming him. Benny. Oh, so that's that's a really interesting point. Um, it's funny. When I first, you know, the first, like, few times I watched Spernos, I wasn't too impressed by him. But the more I watched him, the more I got to know him, he was actually, he was a really, 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 really good, loyal soldier. Like, yeah. he... You know what I mean? He got shit done. Like I, I always think of when he when he went to uh the port and was beating up the guy about the Vespa scooters. And then he, you know, he then he certainly took one for the team when Phil kicked his ass and you know, and he didn't give up Tony B's or Tony's whereabouts. Um, I could see that actually. Um I I, I could see that perhaps. I mean he literally became like a chief hitman. Like he became like he was doing all the big hits. If you remember in season four, he was getting like no show jobs at the Esplanade. He was, uh-huh. I mean, he was moving. He was Tony's driver. I mean, he was, he was starting to make a lot of moves. And then he just starts like doing scams with Christopher and those like uh, Arab guys. I mean, oh, was, and then with Artie, which I hated when he did that to Artie. I was just like, no, man. Yeah, with Martina, the, that Albanian woman. That yeah, and I just, I'm like, dude, you don't, I mean, you know, Artie's a personal friend of Tony's. Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, it's like what he said, don't, he's like, don't shit where you, where you eat. And you definitely don't shit where I yeah. eat. Well, and again, remember, like I said, he had been tasked with killing like important people. Like he was in, he was the driver of the car uh when they shot phil leotardo it was benny and that guy walden they were the they were walden Uh was the shooter and benny was the driver so i mean benny had by that point become a pretty important part he was a a, a, he was a made member of the family by that point so it's not hard to believe that a decade or so later if the show would still be going on he could be in control of the family Um, obviously now, obviously, you know, Patsy would be in there as well or, or other people. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting to think about. Obviously, it's all fantasy. I mean, none of this show's real. But um, what is Carmela's fate, you think? She just kind of – do you think she gets remarried or anything? So that was – thank you for reminding me of Carmela. So Does Vicky Busto come back, maybe? <laughs> the wallpaper, man. Yeah. <laughs> or or, or fear, maybe she, she goes in. And, That's true. Um, maybe she just goes to Italy and, and finds – Meets and runs up with Furia. Um. So Carmela was was interesting. I, I again, I don't think that she would have any role whatsoever in like knowing that Tony's going to get set up for a hit or anything like that. But with that said, I, there were a lot of clues and to me, a lot of tells that she was just by the end, like just ready to get the fuck out. Um, in addition to, you know, of course, being worried forever about Tony um, getting killed or, or going to jail. In uh, Kennedy and Heidi, there's this one part when 
Tony calls her to tell her that Christopher died and she's like resting and then she gets woken up by the phone and you can see there's like a an advertisement for like Panama City Beach yeah real estate and so that was I was kind of like well you're thinking of like you know moving there I don't think she would just be trying to invest in properties like remotely like I'm pretty sure she was looking at you know a house because she wanted to, to to go there and then in the series finale it showed her looking at the pamphlet of like beach houses in other areas and so to me it was just th- those were just kind of two tells like oh she you know she's getting ready to like leave like she thinks you know either he's gonna get hurt or he's gonna end up in jail I mean certainly after after Johnny Sack when he um did the allocution and got sentenced to 15 years you know I think you know I think Carmela knew it was just a matter of time and so I think that she I mean maybe gets remarried I think she just yeah would wants to just be free just like how she kind of mentions to to Vic when she goes and sees him at his store. She's like, maybe someday I'll be free. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point, maybe. Um, I don't know. She obviously had her fair share of, you know, close encounters or even affairs. I mean, she made out with Vic Moose, though, if we remember. So she right. did. She had obviously a connection with Furio Junta. And remember, she had the connection with the the guidance counselor as well oh right yeah mr mr wegler that yeah that Robert was uh, wegler, right. wegler, that was so interesting by the way i i there's one scene when when uh wegler and carmela are at dinner like the first time around and he asked her if she's read madame bovary yeah. and the way that he like describes it it makes me think of carmela but then it also makes me think of the sopranos as a whole, because yeah, he starts talking about it. That's a great like, point by you, actually. Yeah, and he's, it's somehow perfectly funny, though, tragic. And that just made me, like, it always makes me think of literally of The Sopranos. And so I don't know if it's something where, you know, they put it on purpose. I feel like they, you know, I would think they would, or it's just a big coincidence. But it always it always reminds me of the show. And so, you know, I know most people don't, don't like the guy, but I just, I do appreciate that one comment that he made. How about this? Uh, how about this for Carmela's fate? She remarries, but she marries Father Phil Antintola, who leaves the priesthood to marry Carmela. Oh, that would be that would be definitely all the that while would be trying to all the while trying to get a confession out of AJ, who's now the boss of the family, uh, and he can never get a confession out of uh, Tony. But instead of going to psychiatrist, now AJ is telling the secrets to the priest. Who's not oh wow family. that that is that is definitely that would be an interesting <laughs> an interesting twist yeah so you think Polly Walnut Polly Walnut Scaltieri you believe he goes to New York not hard to believe I guess so I think I I could see him going over to New York or just kind of like I don't know kind of sort of not retiring because I think he would he would get bored but I I think that he kind of made a deal with with Butch he was like you know, I'm just going to go over with you guys because, you know, when you think about it at the end of the day, Polly was really for, for Polly. And that makes it, you know, he, he wasn't married, never had kids. So he was always, you know, used to thinking about what was best for Polly. And maybe with all the circumstances, he understandably could think, you know what, it's probably best for me to just go over with them. He was all about surviving. And just like what he said, you know, I survived the Columbo Wars by the skin of my balls. Like he's always used to doing what it, what it takes, what he needs to do to survive. And so I think he could have made a calculation that it's, uh, 
going to end up better for him in New York, especially after everyone who's, you know, still in a coma, Bobby gets shot and killed. He probably figured if, if not, he would just be another target. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, I think one thing we learned about Paul Galtieri is that throughout the show, he had trouble. I mean, he was a good earner. I don't think he was anything special. Maybe he just kind of realized, you know what, I'm getting older. Uh, I'm going to do what I got to do now. Um, and I'm getting a little worried about some of the people that are here now. I'm going to take my thing. I'm going to put this in motion. And, uh, you know, but then again, I always go back to the whole thing of like, why kill Tony? I mean, he's going to go away anyway. Like, why not just wait it out and, and, and take over what's left. But um, it's fascinating to think about. I do want to kind of bring up before we get into some favorite characters and things like that. I did want to quickly talk about some of the characters um, and their real life stories. Um, I know many people have heard this before, but uh, Tony Sirico plays Polly Walnuts actually was a real gangster at one point. Uh, I've talked about this before. He was very connected in the Colombo crime family. Um, people said that knew Tony Sirico back in the day that he was one of the best burglars they'd ever come across. Um, he, wow. actually, he actually did time up at um, several state prisons in New York. Um, he was arrested multiple times. I think by 1970, he'd been arrested about 30 times. Yeah, um, I read that like 28 or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was definitely someone that had connections. Um, and I know that he joined the show under one condition. They didn't not make- to be a rat. They yeah. Not to be a rat. yeah, he's actually a great actor, too. He's been in some really good films and some really good shows. He was in, um, you know, obviously he was in Goodfellas. Have you seen that? He was in the Gotti film. Uh, which was very good. Um, but yeah, he was a real mobster at one point. Uh, Tony Darrow, who plays Larry Boy Boris, he was actually a real mobster at one point. Um, in late I saw two- that as well. Yeah, in the late 2000s, he was arrested for extortion in a Gambino crime family case. Um, oh my gosh. He's always been kind of moved on. He was actually also in Goodfellas, as we know. He was that sunny character uh, that, that Paul uh, Servino's character takes his restaurant over. A couple other smaller characters. I don't know if you remember the scene where they have the homecoming party for Richie. Um, uh-huh. There's a character, a fat character, a fat guy. He has like a few lines. Um, his name was Frank Cipollina in the show. He makes a comment about a uh, Richie and, and Richie kind of just says something about how the envelopes probably light. Um, that character was actually a real mobster as well. A guy called Michael Squisserini. He was, a part of the New Jersey DeCalvacanti crime family. He was a debt collector and he would actually, after the show, ultimately be convicted or be charged with murder after an individual saw him on the show. Um, he wouldn't go to court though. He would actually die a few months later uh, of, uh, I think, heart attack, I believe. So, oh um, my gosh. I remember, yeah, and, and Toodle fucking knew. I remember the, the, the guy, and that's where he was trying to show a picture of his grandkids, and Paulie was like, please no pictures don't exploit medical curiosity yes yes great calls wow you do know the show great 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 call um also one other one uh richard muldoon he actually played uh albert barice uh oh he was so funny yeah (laughs) many said um he was actually involved uh, after the show in a, a drug dealing ring out on Staten Island. He was selling uh, steroids, I believe. Um so a couple life imitating art situations uh and weirdly enough Larry and Albert Barice were both arrested off the record uh for uh mob related crimes. So Oh my god. Well it's yeah. funny cuz it's like you know maybe that's part of what you know made 
The Sopranos appealing for people who had, you know, not been involved. Been involved in, yeah, exa- exactly. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's you know, life imitates art, art imitates life. But I think it was, yeah, it just goes to show. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, they did a, a really good job of, of, of kind of typecasting, getting the right people. Um, let me ask you, um, I want to kind of go through, can I go through my worst small role characters and see if you agree? Sure. Sure. The worst character in the show, in my opinion, big character, small character, Noah Tannenbaum. <laughs> I did not like Noah Tannenbaum. I mean, did um, anyone find him to be a good character? I mean, he was dreadful. I mean, I, I guess he was. He, I mean, he was he was good for at being dreadful, I, I guess. But I mean, yeah, he was everything he did. I mean, it, I, the one thing that I always remember most that it was so contradictory is meadow was like oh he keeps his opinions to himself because he's a sensitive person meanwhile like two minutes earlier noah just said i, I would have punched his fucking lights out yeah, exactly. like about to him like really he keeps his opinions to himself yeah on the same level they actually knew each other the character caitlin i hated that character oh yeah so so you weren't yeah so you weren't into the whole college dorm situation no, she was so <laughs> annoying like she just was just annoying and lame and just she she her voice annoyed me uh she was always in the way she seemed like a major cock block uh from from meadow's standpoint um she was always like helpless and needy and like she shouldn't have been in she shouldn't have been in new york it's just that simple like she's just annoying she should have been back to oklahoma or up to up to the French mountains with those people that she went the to psychiatrist. Yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. Like she was just annoying. Um, this is one of the worst characters, Eric Scatino. Oh, <laughs> I felt bad for him, but he was an annoying character. He, I, I, I agree. I, whenever I think of Eric Scatino, which by the way, the happy wanderer is one of my favorite. It's episodes, one of the so best episodes in the show. Agreed. It's so Whenever I think of them, I just think of them playing the song, and it's like so, like it's so you bad. Are sunlight <laughs> and my moon. Yeah, it's well, annoying. And it's funny because I know that 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 Jamie was actually in, in drama, so I know they obviously you know they had her purposefully sing badly. I, I think she's actually probably really really good singer, but um, yeah, there was. I don't. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too into Eric Scatino, although I like his father. I thought was a good character. No, his. I mean, his. It was weird because his father, on the other hand, was a great character. Like he, he, like just the way he dressed, like those like goofy like boots that he wore with like those pants with like his shirt tucked in. Like I don't know. He just. It was know. realistic. You're like, oh, I saw that person the other day. Like because you can just see him like. His, that was a wild move, though, for Tony to give her his car. Like, that was a wild. That move. was yeah. That was one of the times where I was like, okay, do you, you like he know? And he knows how smart Meadow is. He knows how how astute and how much he's, she notices things. Like, does he really think she's not going to notice that and or not care? It's so funny. <laughs> she just goes, "This is Eric Scatino's Jeep," and and uh, but Carmela just goes. Oh my God! This is not Eric's. Please tell us it's not Eric's Tino's Jeep. Right? It's like so. It's like, oh really? Like, <laughs> it it's just, just so wild that he did that. Like, it was. Yeah, that was some one thing that I think that you know he really, I think just 
I mean, obviously he does a lot of things on impulse, but I feel like with this, it was just, he was just, I don't know, like, I don't know if his wires and his brain were crossed, but like, there was just no, no good outcome to that. And I know that he, you know, messes around with other people, but I'm like, you're with, even with your, with Meadow, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she would have known, especially they were friends too. Like they were like, kind of like almost dating. I feel they like. were almost, yeah, they were almost like, you know, kind of like, Oh, sort of maybe, you know, I don't think it was like serious, but they, yeah, I yeah. think like they kind of had a crush on each other or whatever. Yeah. A uh, couple others. Um, this is a pretty minor character, but he played like a huge douchebag and he was just a complete dickhead. Ernan, do you know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. AJ's AJ's buddy, that, the like, ones goofy who just club used him. Guy? Yeah, they use yeah they just totally used him just to like pay the tab. And the guys, yeah, they wanted to like get in cool with his dad. When it was like, tell your dad, I said hi. Yeah, like, Ernan. Yeah, and he like it's just annoying. And it's weird because the character that plays him, Vincent Piazza, is actually like a, an unbelievable actor. He played uh Lucky Luciano in Boardwalk Empire. He's incredible. Um, but that was like one of his early roles. He was just super like the club douchebag that like acted like he had money, but didn't have any money and just used AJ. I um, know. <laughs> couple others. Uh, Russ Fagoli, Dr. <laughs> do you believe that, that he's uh, Paulie's father? Paulie's dad. Yeah, I have heard I do. that. I do too. I have heard that theory. And if you don't know what we're talking about, if you remember, Paulie finds out that Maria Nucci Gaultieri is not his mother. And that his aunt is actually his mom, the the nun. And she tells him on his her deathbed that she had intercourse with an individual called Russ. And he was in like the military and it just ultimately shook out kind of weird. So, yeah. And, and just all the different kind of things that they had. Did David um, Chase ever common. bring that up or no? I don't think he ever officially confirmed it. I think that might be one of the david chase i'm never going to really tell you the answer sort of things but like you know just kind of imagine it or or figure it out for yourself but i don't think that that was an accident i think it at the very least was was done to make us consider it well yeah they did i don't have you seen the wire or no so i have not i know that that's um a show that i really need to watch for some reason i had a little bit of trouble getting into it but um, with with michael um uh, Williams' recent passing, yeah. I've kind of been wanting to get into it again and give it a try just from reading about. about I would him. definitely recommend. It. The reason I bring that up is in season four, they they take a look at the public school system and we meet like these four young kids. And one of the characters, it's it's often been wondered that he may have been the son of a character that we we know throughout the show. And David Simon has mentioned at certain points that it might be true, but it's kind of the same situation. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend watching it. A uh, few more. Um, massive genius. <laughs> that character. Holy hell, he was a terrible character. It's not, uh, I know that a hit is a hit is one of the, you know, tends to be the worst. lower down on, on people's lists, which, you know, it, it's definitely not one of my favorites. Although I, there are a couple little things that I think were funny from it, like Tony's golf outing. Uh, with with the guys with the Doctor Cusimano and oh, uh, those characters and his buddies, as well. <laughs> they were crazy. But but it was funny that how he how he fucked with uh with, with, with Doctor Cusimano at the end where he brought up the box and yeah. asked him to hold on to it for a little while. Yeah, um, I always so, got a kick out of him like screwing around with uh, Cusimano. 
Me, yeah, me too. And then it has a guy was asking if he knew John Gotti. Yeah, and he just decided. And to he like, talks about the uh, the 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 ice cream, the bungalow bar. Yeah, yeah which if you notice, actually, in the trailer, one of the or both the trailers actually, the many scenes, it shows Tony in an ice cream truck. I don't, oh, I don't really. Think, yeah, so I don't think it had anything to do with John with John with John Gotti. Um, or I mean, I guess there's a chance, but I think it was just like they were hijacking like one of the bungalow bar trucks, but. Yeah, I'll send you a, a video actually that I, I kind of took of it where I like put them together. The, I got to see scenes. that. I never thought about that. Yeah, it and it could small. be completely unrelated, as I guess, you know, most things that I see that are connections on this brand is could very well be unrelated, but it's one of those things where it made me think twice about it. Uh, Johnny Cakes? Johnny Cakes? I. No, I mean, I, 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 he actually, I died, the actor died by suicide in real life, which is yeah. very sad. Same I with uh, Barbara's uh, husband on the show. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I, wow. Yeah, very sad. Um, no, I didn't know that. I, I feel bad for bringing it up. I guess. Oh, I, no, I, it's okay. I hated, I hated the veto storyline. I just thought it was drawn out way too long. It's one of the things about the show that I, that I think it was slightly overdone. It was just, it was too long. It just. And then, like, the thought that Tony gave to, like, actually letting it be okay, like, it, that never would happen in real life. It just, I don't know, it just, and, like, Johnny Cakes always kind of seemed, like, really rigid to me. Like, he never really seemed like he even, like, liked Vito. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel yeah, like he I mean, I, Vito sexually. I don't know. I think part of it was, you know, kind of, like, the edge, like, you know, like, the edginess. Like, he was, you know, different from, like, most guys that... I'm sure um, Johnny yeah. that he had met, but uh, seems like he'd make a mean pancake though. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> uh, one other did. one, Richard LaPena. Uh, uh, oh, Melfi's Melfi's, ex. Yeah. That guy, the son for that matter as well. Jason, he was pretty annoying as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I never liked when they're on the beginning, like the first season when they're all at therapy together. And then the guy, the other, like, even the therapist is, like, laughing about mafia, like, he's making, like, mafia psychiatry jokes. And, yeah, yeah I, I I think that Richard almost, he reminded me almost a little bit of, like, Carmela's mom, that, like, they were embarrassed oh, yeah, he was always for being Italian. Over everyone else. Yeah. yeah, like, trying to, like, so worried about, you know, stereotypes when, um, you know, that, that he was, like, almost internalized prejudice. But it was funny, too, because this kid, like, called him out one time. He's like, didn't the group that you belong to get founded by Joe Colombo, a mobster? And Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and then also saying how, like, you know, mafias are just as, you know, kind of about American culture now as, as Westerns. Like, yes, you know. exactly. Exactly. Great point. Uh, we'll do uh, two more questions, then we'll get some trivia, and then we'll get out of here. Um, let me ask you, were there any characters you didn't like or some characters you loved, uh, you know, minor characters? Yeah, so in terms of favorite characters, it's always nearly impossible for, for me to say. So I'll just kind of, um, you know, kind of name off a few that that I really liked. Um, in terms of for the, uh, on the guy side, I, I really, really liked, Ralph not not liked in the sense of I approved of everything he did I think his character as a whole was fascinating um so it's just one person that um you know sticks out I think he's a guy that was obviously very odd for sure but I think that's the thing about the mob and I think the thing about him that I liked is he was a great earner he was willing to kill people and he had an edgy side and I think the show needed that like there were some guys that were just very 
blase and they were mobsters and that was it he had like some interest to him obviously his weird kinks and like his relationship with janice it was just kind of weird and right and even towards the end like in with you know in the episode that he died whoever did this i think he also showed a lot of humanity like even at you know at the same time as obviously he had done all these like horrible things i think that you know seeing him really upset when his, you know, his kid got hurt and just you know kind of wondering like oh would he have actually done you know gotten any any better and i mean i personally think that he didn't uh, set, that he wasn't behind the fire that uh that killed Mai, but i guess it's a whole other subject but i think um i think part of me is just you know sad that it had to all i mean one of the like great storylines in the show is the weight joke that he makes about Ginny. like uh-huh. i thought I, I think one of the funniest scenes in the show is when uh, John walks into the cl- the clubhouse with Carmine. He's like, I want you to hang- sanction a hit on Ralph Cifaretto. Oh, yeah. And Carmine and just very, sitting there sipping his tea. Yeah. And he goes, Ralph slept with Ginny? Oh, yeah. That was, uh, yeah. It's just so funny. He's like. Carmine was so good at that. At just like. Yeah. Not laughing. Look. Like saying funny shit. He, and then he makes a comment about. He goes. He goes. I'll tax him. I'll charge him a lot. I'll crack, hey, I'll crack him good. I'll ask for 200000 yeah, And then, and, and he goes, what's this? Car? It's just about money. And, and then he just goes, what's next? Carmine gets the fucker for a million. And then he said, Ralph wants to watch me. It was too funny. Yeah. And then with, with, with Carmine just kind of sitting there, like sipping, casually it. sipping on his, it was, uh, yeah, that, that actually was, episode is great i actually just um the last episode trivia i created was on the weight episode oh, i gotta do that one because i i it's actually one of my favorite episodes i will say john if, if you ask me like who my favorite character in the entire show was i would say johnny sack i i think his behavior late in the show with like the admitting to the thing and everything like that bothered me and you know i thought we saw like a human side of him because i always thought he was pretty like violent and dangerous frankly he always played a good mobster to me i thought and like the shit with his daughter like i don't know i think he was just kind of overcome with this like sorrow that, like he i think he loved his kids obviously and i thought the fbi treated him a little poorly in that situation like at least let him see them leave or something but yeah i mean i i kind of wish you know at that point when he was just standing there and they were all walking out of the, the wedding i'm like really they couldn't just like wait another two minutes just so at least like you know, his daughter and her, her husband could drive off and not have to like see all of that. But I think, you know, also he loved, he loved his wife. He loved his family. So Mm -hmm. I think that, that in many ways, you know, and he was also one of the only guys that, you know, didn't have a Gumar. I always found that to be, that was one of my favorite things about him. Like he, I think he had like a side to him that like, I respected a lot. Like he, he, he also makes the comment to Tony about like how, he knows that like he sees other people's wives and what they look like, but like to him, like Ginny's beautiful. And like, he, like, I don't know. I found it to be like kind of sweet. It it was very, very, it it was, it was just, it really stood out, especially for, you know, you know, as opposed to the others who, you know, Tony had a new new girlfriend every few months. and, Mm -hmm. And I think it showed that, yeah, he, he, I think that's why he, you know, why he took the plea because you know, being in jail for 15 years, while it would be hard, um, you know, if he risked going to trial, I mean, who knows, he could be, could have been put away for the rest of his life. I mean, obviously, we, he tragically dies soon after, but um, I think he really did, you know, care about his, his, his family at home. 
Um, I think he was trying to say like, I'll plead and like, I just don't take everything from Ginny, you know, and, and, and I'll at least give her something, you know, and, you know, I guess that's honorable in a way he didn't inform her anything. So I, I think that's, that's fair. Who else, who else did you like? So I, um, I, I really, really liked, uh, uh, what's it called? No, not Tony. Still. I like, I was going to say Tony, but then I'm like, everyone loves Tony. Yeah, everyone. Um, I think that, you know, Silvio, I just, I, I just, I think he's just a great consigliere. Um, and I just, I admire him as a person. I actually just um, downloaded his new book that came out today, Unrequited Infatuations. Uh, in terms of like the person who was one of my favorites when I first watched, it was Polly because I just thought he was hilarious. Um, and, you know, besides that, I really, really loved Livia's character. Like, she was so horrible, but she was, it was Nancy Marchand was so um, just amazing at playing the role of Tony's mother. Um, yeah. Junior, I, I think he had some of the best like quotes. Uh, Very funny. On the entire show. Um, I mean, the, the Barisi brothers actually, it's, it's funny. And I, I wouldn't say they were like overall favorites because, you know, it, they weren't in that much in the show, but I really liked some of the scenes that they were in, like with uh, Albert and Richie. Uh, with the he has no uh, he's in no shape to go into the unknown not knowing and then uh, with Larry Barisi's conversation with with Livia about his mom throwing a jar of artichokes at him uh, I I think they just I enjoyed their sense of humor Uh, you know I guess you know of course it's I really enjoy you know nearly all of them like Christopher uh, Adriana I think that uh, they all kind of uh, in their own way, contributed to making it, you know, really the show that it was. Carmela as well, Meadow. Um, there are many characters that I don't like. Larry Boybreece had a great line at one point where he says, uh, "If I ever see that prison doctor again, I'm going to say, hey, fuck stick. Did I ever show you these in medical school? They're called balls.'" Oh yeah, I want that same one was when he said uh, the Romans had a word for him, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. When, they, when Ray. Oh, I didn't like. I didn't like Ray, but that was just because he was obviously, you know, kind right. of a yeah, which couple, is really interesting. Real quick, couple small characters that were very good. That Carter character, the guy with Junior at the Nut House, the like his like associate. Oh, he was amazing. A Chinese he, guy. He was he, he so was funny good. as hell, that character. Yeah. Yeah. I also really liked uh little Carmine. Uh, I thought he did a really great job at at you know the role he was he was given kind of the malapropes, of course. He was did he, you know, he executed them very effectively um and made them hilarious. And I liked Phil too. I mean. I, I, I like a bunch of them. Uh, you know, There's a yeah, Phil Twitter account going. I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the guy that oh, does it is pretty funny. Yeah. I think they're like a couple, but yeah, I've, I've um, followed both of them for a while. And I, and, and likewise, and they've both, they're both very, you know, whomever, which one is the official one, and whichever is not, um, they're both really funny. And I like engaging with them. <laughs> they play the, the, the Phil world very well. They definitely do. Two other small role characters that were small roles, but they were funny. Uh, little Bobby, I thought he was a pretty funny character. I think he had some pretty funny lines, frankly. Um, even late in the show about like, I hate the fucking Giants. He says that <laughs> they're yeah. watching like football. Oh yeah, and then um, and then and Kaisha then he's like watching Casablanca. Yeah, on the TV. I always thought he was a, kind of a cool character. I thought he was like a good kid. It seemed like and. Yeah, we had some weird, like some of the sons in the show were weird. Like 
obviously little Vito and even AJ for that matter. Um, also, Uncle Pat, I thought he was a pretty good character. He was really, really interesting. Um, it's funny because I once kind of noticed a kind of parallel between Uncle Pat and Eugene. Yeah. In the sense of Pat, Uncle Pat, you know, they let him retire, um, you know, because he had the, the hiccups and he was able to kind of retire and, yeah. and start over. Whereas with Eugene, obviously, he he wasn't. But if, when Christopher was explaining this to Adriana, he was like, you're, why are you laughing? Like he almost committed suicide, like from talking about when, I guess when he had his like hiccup thing. And, and so it was just interesting. It was like, oh, well, he almost committed suicide. But then he was able to retire and go away. So he was fine. Whereas Eugene, it was like the opposite. Yeah, um, that's actually true. I never thought about that, but it actually has some, some truth. I mean, it's, they're kind of the same person. That's actually a pretty good point. Let me ask you, someone asked me a question on Twitter. This, what would you answer? You have to be stuck in a car for eight hour, an eight hour road trip with either Noah Tannenbaum or Min Matrone. Who do you think? <laughs> um, oh, shit. I'd probably this go is... Min just because I feel like he has okay stories, maybe. Yeah, I feel like with, with Min, like it, it would be a tolerable level of like kind of you know, ir- irritation. Yeah, you just listen to her, like just talk about herself like but with with noah like who knows he'd probably like you know get irritated with me and try to like like call the police and take out a restraining order or something like he's just very wacky and did weird shit also a lot of people won't remember this but we truly have to think about how Vito spatafor may have been maybe one of the worst overall slime balls in the entire show i mean he made some pretty disgusting moves as far as like he tried to screw Carmel out of the money with, with uh, Tony, maybe not waking up. And it just as overall, like he tried to get with Adriana when Christopher goes to rehab, like he was just kind of a slimy guy at, at the end of the day. Right. Well, I don't even think he maybe even necessarily was like trying to get with Adriana. Maybe he was, he was just trying to like, I don't know, get information. But when he was trying to get with, with Finn, when he did all that stuff, oh, yeah, like, that even when they were in the hospital, like with when Tony was in the coma and he was like trying to touch him and stuff. I just, yeah, I, I, Dude, I, I weird. Just, yeah. I mean, I think that, I think he was, you know, a good dad though. I think he did care about his, his family, but yeah, I think uh, he, you know, he, he couldn't stay out of the, out of the life which is why he, you know, turned back home and went back to home to New Jersey. Do you know, I don't know if you know this, but do you know that his story is actually very much based on real events, like his, his character. I had, had read something about that yeah. before, but I, uh, yeah. I so there know. was a, there was a mob boss in New Jersey called John D'Amato. He was actually, um, he, he was actually a swinger with his wife and they were seen in a bisexual club. And she talked about, uh, they had transgressions with other men because they got into a fight and she ran to the rest of the family and he was actually killed over it. Um, and wow. I think, I think Vito, the real character will tell you that let's do some trivia and let's get out of here because we could probably talk for hours about this. Show. <laughs> probably one of the only ones we could do that with. Let me ask you a couple of trivia questions. See how good you are. Um, how many Jasons were there in the show? Ooh, let's see. Can we do multiple choice? Yes. I'll give you four options. Okay. Two, three, six, or eight. Two, three, six, or eight. Let's see. This is a tough one. I'll actually give you them um, after the fact. Let me see. Um, 
two, three, six, and eight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to go with my gut and say eight, just because I know there were a lot of. You were dead on the money. And here, these are the eight. Jason Parisi, who was Patsy's son. He was the Rutgers student. Uh, Jason Jervisy, obviously, uh, which was Carlo's son. He was also friends with Jason Parisi. Uh-huh, uh, right. The dude, Tony wanted AJ to hang out with more. <laughs> correct. Uh, Jason Molinaro. He was part of the, uh, he was an associate for the family. He was played by William DeMeo. Uh, I'm sure if you've seen him, you would know who I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Jason Masucci. He was a smaller character. He was actually the guy that was with Phil when they shook down Christopher's mom with the Walkman. Oh, yeah. And he was like, it's Phil. It's the kid's mom. Yeah, it's kid's mom. It's mom. Uh, that, that that guy was called Jason. Uh, Jason Barone, we obviously know about him. He was. Oh yeah, do you don't even know what your evidence? <laughs> yeah, that was Dick's son. He was the rower or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Jason, he was uh, Lorraine Coluzzo's lover. Oh yeah, J- Jason. Men are talking here. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Evanina was his name. Uh, there was also Jason Melfi, uh, that goofy park ranger wannabe. Uh, yeah, that one with the forestry service. Yeah. Yep. And the final uh, Jason was uh, Tony B's son, one of the twins. Oh, they were so. I loved the when they made the little comment about pins from the '96 Olympics in Atlanta. It looks like when when he when Tony B found yeah, they had he, taken the pins from AJ's closet. Yeah, and he like has everything, and we have nothing. They made those comments. Yeah, that remember, was really it was very touching. Remember, there was a nice little scene also when he's doing like the massage parlor, and they like hit the sledgehammer. It was a kind of a cool moment. Yeah, it was like he just like he wanted to connect with them so bad. It was just yeah. Yeah, and he just couldn't, so they started taking hits. Uh, where in Italy was Tony's family from? What town? A- Avellino. Very good. Uh, right outside of Naples, Tony was Napolitan. Um. Okay, what college did Melfi's son, Jason, go to? Bard. Yeah, I think I gave you this one already, didn't I? Um, what was Bobby Jr.'s AOL screen name? Uh, oh, so give me multiple choice here because it's like in my, I can see the picture in my head, but like it's, right. uh, if I could have multiple choice. Uh, all right, Builder Bobby, uh-huh. Power Bob. Rising Damp or Truck Fan 240? I'm going to take a guess here because I, I, I remember it. Rising Damp. Was that it? No, that was actually Janice. Oh, no. Janice said that to him. Her name was Vlad666. Oh. Uh, no, his name was Power Bob. That was his screen name. Wait, so then who was Rising Damp? Was that was that was that someone's or am I just like going No, crazy? Rising Damp is what she says to him. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Whatever that means. I was like, where did I get rising damp from? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Artie refers to a drink Benny should have at Vesuvio. What Martina. was it called? Yeah, and what was it based on? It, 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 goes, it goes down really easy. Um, it was based on uh, Martina from the restaurant. Yeah, and it was a martini that was from Albania. Right, where right. they go down easy. Yes. Uh, this is a tough one. If you get this, you're good to go and if you're answering this yourself in the the audience you're good fat dom fat dom gamiello was killed before going to his daughter's which was where and quote who tanked again as he read the paper at the satrials where did he go where did his daughter live she lived in new jersey in a certain town that he says 
And he also references that a team tanks again. Who was that team? So the team, I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm going to guess that it's the, uh, it's either the Yankees or the Mets. No, it was no Syracuse. They tanked again. Oh, damn. What city get in that New one. Jersey? Do you know offhand? So I don't know which city, but what I do know, if I could kind of like, like uh, gain back some points here, is I know that uh, just as Fat Dom was last seen in New Jersey, so was the Hindenburg. But we still don't know but what that doesn't have to do with anything. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I remember that thing. Uh, no, he was actually, she was actually from, he was going to Metuchen. Metuchen. Oh, which is a town in uh, in Jersey, not far see, from Rutgers. See, this is where my uh, my lack of having come from New Jersey is where clearly I, I know where my blind spots are now with the with the Sopranos trivia. I need to work on my New Jersey geography. One other one. This is a good geography. Where was Danielle from? The FBI. Whippany. Danielle from Whippany. She she drowned in a picnic. Because which is always sound like sounds hilarious to me because I'm like, who drowned in a picnic? Like it was like. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's dead. <laughs> that was just so. And I mean, can you imagine though how how like crazy Adriana must have felt when she heard that? That was like it's like coming back to haunt. Like Danielle's coming back to haunt her. But uh, yeah, in in, in Whippany. Oh, well, did you also notice that Vito was three different characters in the show? I know he was the different character in the in season one, episode eight. He uh, was when, Gino. Yeah, know. Gino. And then was he? I know he went to 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 install the Beansy's ramp, but was yeah. he was he was different? Was he a different character he, at that he point? I didn't know what his name was at that point, but he was in the show, and he also was involved uh, with obviously that. But he was he was in the hospital room when uh, right right in, in another toothpick. Yeah, when Mustang Sally beats yeah. up, uh, that uh, Brian. Oh. I hated that. That's the, I hated Mustang. That was I just like, know. I had him on my list as well. Oh, it was just, that was just so uncalled for. Yeah. He actually, um, he was actually in uh, Donnie Brasco. He, he was, he actually passed away pretty recently as well. Uh, that actor. Yeah. Uh, it's sad when it's just, you know, see so a lot of them, a lot of the actors. Yeah. They get away. older, you know, and, and then they just kind of, you know, I mean, you've, I don't know if you've seen Tony Sirico. I mean, he's old now I mean, he's in his eighties, I think. Yeah, well, and also um, uh, uh, Dominic Kinney's and uh, yeah. and also Hesh, they're both in their like 90s. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave you with this, and then we'll kind of do some plugs and get out of here. I, I wanted to tell you the story because I think you'll appreciate it. So I have a show that I'm, I haven't put out yet. I interviewed a guy. He was actually worked for the FBI. He was undercover. He worked with the Gambino crime family, all these different families, did all sorts of undercover work. He told me a story and I, I think you'll appreciate this. So he was working undercover for this guy called Greg De Palma. Greg De Palma was a, a capo and a higher up in the Gambino family. And he was Greg's driver. He was doing a lot of stuff for Greg De Palma in the 2000s. And there was a situation one night where anytime Greg would call him, he would have to answer because he didn't want to feel like he would get outed or Greg would wonder who he was. So one night he's sleeping, he gets a call at like four in the morning and Greg calls him and says, Hey, um, so uh, this this guy was like giving Greg and these different mobsters like TVs, like flat screen TVs. And he calls him one night and says, hey, that TV you, you gave the boss, um, that was that stolen? And he goes, yeah, of course it was stolen. He's like, I didn't go out and like buy him a TV. Like it was stolen, of course. 
And Greg DePalma says to him, well, listen, we're a little worried because the boss was watching that damn Soprano show and saw the episode with Feech Lamana, and he's worried about this TV. So he said, tomorrow morning, you better be there bright and early to take, quote, that fucking TV off the wall and get it out of here. Um, oh, my gosh. He, he was so worried because he thought Sopranos was legitimate and that that TV might get him jammed up. So he made this FBI agent undercover go over and take the TV off the wall and get it out of his house. Wow. I mean, hey, listen, if 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 someone, you know, knows that they're being, you know, watched or that or that someone just, you know, would be happy to see them back in jail, I guess you know you gotta Yeah, you gotta be careful. I guess life imitates art. Uh mm-hmm. Stephanie Rosendorf Diaz, you're great. Uh by the way, how'd you get on the talking sopranos thing? That was awesome. How'd you get on that? So they had this little super fan contest where people could submit like a 150 word yeah. entry about why they they why they're a super fan and why they think they should be on the show and so i did that and then i was contacted by the producer and one of the finalists and did another interview with him and then uh, i and seven other people um were then selected uh, as super fans and and we were able to then um do a little uh, podcast interview with with steve and michael um and then they kind of, I think, yeah, they did it. We did it all in one day. Um, and then they put it all into the one episode um, that came out a couple of weeks ago. But we recorded back earlier in the summer. I watched it. It was good stuff. I actually like that show. Those guys are super nice and good people. And uh, I, uh, I like seeing them. Uh, check uh, Stephanie out. You can check out her blog, SopranosBlueprint.com. She actually does some great Sopranos trivia um, I actually, I wish we had more time because I would actually ask you to ask me some trivia questions because I feel like I, uh, I maybe would get some of them right, but I'm gonna have to go check out some of those trivia things. Uh, check that out, SopranosBlueprint.com. You have to let us know what you think of the film. Are you gonna watch it like right at midnight when it comes out? You're gonna go to the theaters? How are you gonna watch it? So we're gonna watch it at home. Uh, I, I, I probably gonna end up watching it at midnight just because feel like i probably won't be able to sleep like knowing that it's out there yeah you don't um, want anyone to spoil it right like, right well and that's what fortunately um people that are because i you know talked to a ton of people that are in the uk because there are a ton of sopranos fans there and, and i've been lucky enough to not run into any any real spoilers so you know i i, I appreciate everyone who's kind of keeping it keeping it quiet uh thus far but yeah i'm, I'm I'm going to be watching it at home and like super excited. We'll have to catch up on that afterward. Well, enjoy the film. Uh, it was great talking. Like I said, we could probably do this for another four hours. There's no show probably in America in history that we could talk this long about. Uh, it is a great work of art and we're glad that we had it. I can't wait for the film. Steph, thanks for coming on. Uh, maybe we'll have you come on down the road and, and maybe you can watch the wire and come on and talk about what your thoughts on that. Cause I think you'll be quite addicted to it like you are with Sopranos. But uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for spending some time with me tonight. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. As always, appreciate you guys for listening. As always, check us out on Twitter at The Sit Down 7. You can check out all of our episodes uh, wherever you get your podcast. So if you're listening on iTunes or, or wherever, uh, maybe if you know someone that might like it, let them know about the show. Next week, we'll be back. we got a huge episode. We're going to do Lucky Luciano. It's going to be a gigantic one. So make sure you join us. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the film. We'll see you next week here on The Sit Down.